What's up, you dirtbags? Before we dive into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to one of our day one supporters, Kinetic Leasing. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you've definitely heard us talk about them. Uh, they are our go-to team for money questions and also getting approved for financing. Uh, not only do they help us, but they help many others that listen to the podcast get approved for financing. It's an application-only financing up to $250,000 on approved credit. Uh, they have fast approvals and you can save cash with no money down. At the very least, just give them a call, see what you can get approved for and then check your rates. A couple ways you can reach out to them. You can give their office a call. It's at 701-476-0221. Just make sure to mention that the Dirtbag sent you and uh, they'll definitely help you out. And then you can also email them, sales at kineticlease.com. We also have all of their information on the Dirtbags podcast website. So go check them out, tell them we sent you, and uh, let's get into it. What's up, you dirtbags? We are back in studio. I'm in a little bit of a different studio, uh, but we are here nonetheless. Mr. Luke Payne, how we doing, man? Cheers. That is one hefty bowl you got there. That's Dude, not even I, uh, that's a bowl uh, handle. Emotions of a stormtrooper. If anyone's on YouTube, uh, yeah, you can fill it up. You can use it for soup or just a giant glass of whiskey. So we'll uh, we'll see how this goes because you know need a little extra. It's a very special, very special recording night. I love when we record at night. We've done a few day recordings and. It just doesn't hit the same, but tonight I'm so excited. Um, I'm just going to jump right into it. Sorry, Luke. Uh, Mackenzie Sims is joining us. First time on the Dirtbags podcast. Uh, I've been trying to tee this up for a little while here, but I think now is the perfect time. Uh, we're going to dive into it. But Mackenzie, how's it going, man? Well, I don't got this even got a water, so. Good for you. Good for, I, I see like you posting all the time about like first form, are you doing the 75 hard right now or? Uh, no, I'm going to probably kick that back off on uh, maybe Saturday. Monday or Saturday, I'm kicking back off on it. I've done it once, but I didn't go into phase one or anything. So when I do this time, I'm going to do phase one, phase two, finish it all out. Hell yeah. I've thought about doing it. I'm just like, I just don't think I have the ability to do it right now. But by me saying that, it's like, yes, you do have the ability. You make it happen exactly. type thing. But yeah. So how does that work with the phase one? I I know enough about 75 hard, but like, what is the phase one part of it? So like phase one, phase two, and like stuff like that, you just, you, you'll add different things to it. Like talking to you every day. And then sometimes you cut things out. Um, you know, it's just, it's better to like, I can't even give you the full definition of, it, but it's just like you add different things to it and keep doing your same stuff. And then you cut out different things along the way as well to finish it all out. I'm not a pro on explaining it by any means. Yeah. Uh, what cool. a way to, what a way to finish out the year though. Cause that would probably put you right at the new year, right? You'd be like, Jen, if I started, I think I was going to start at Monday, but then I had to do some driving and stuff. And I hate when I have to travel to do it, you I know, see. just an excuse. But, uh, I think, I think if I started on Saturday, it'd probably be like the 4th of January that I'd get done. Hell yeah. Get to get to miss all the major holidays. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But dude, I feel like there's not a good time to like, no. you know what I mean? Like if it anything, gets... mm. if anything, this is probably one of the best times just because it's like, you know, pretty light anyway. And, uh, you get to see family. So I guess you have to, you know, stay sober for that. But, um, I mean, 
it uh, I, I think it's still it's it's good for you too. Like I always like quarter four at the best because you can still like achieve your goals, but then get a head start on your goals heading into the new year. So I feel like it's a good time. Yeah. yeah. There's a quote, Luke. The best time to start something was a month ago. The second best is tomorrow. Oh, yeah. now I thought it was now, but tomorrow <laughs> because you're in the present. You can't just you know start something. You got to prepare. I'm sure, but maybe there's two different quotes, and we're just thinking a, a little bit differently. But anyway, Mackenzie, yeah. Sims Industrial. Let's yeah. dive into that a little bit. So we were right as Luke, right as we were about to like start recording. Luke asked the question. Like, when did it start? I'm like, hold the fucking phone. I, I couldn't help. I do this every time. But now I'm sorry I'm cutting you off earlier, but give us a little background on the sim side. Uh, so my dad started it in 1998. He moved out here. At, he's, my dad's from originally from Alabama and Arkansas. Moved out here during the boom in like 74, I believe. And then decided to start his own deal in uh, 98. And so ever since then um been rock and rolling kind of took some time off uh my dad's quite a bit older than like most people's dads my age so he's like stone age kind of deal um hard ass yeah he's a hard ass oh yeah (laughs) he's a hard ass uh so he took kind of slowed down for a little bit and then once i was technically old enough to work for him we started kind of slowly trying to get back into it more um you know, we had at the high point, we had 235, 240 employees, two different offices. So, I mean, I think he got kind of burned out on that whole ordeal. Imagine. So Damn. when you, when you say he, you know, moved there for the boom, I'm assuming you're talking about the oil boom. Yeah. The oil boom, like around here, it boomed pretty heavy, like back in like 72, 73, 74, yeah. up until the 80s. Um, or up in probably until the nineties, it was really decent through here. Like I think Evanston, that's where we live right now. I think, don't quote me on this if there's any fact checkers watching, but I think there was like four thousand people that lived here, but during the boom, there was thirty thousand people that came to work. It wow. sounds like fucking they hired a guy out of a culvert that was living in a culvert out here. He's living in a culvert. No shit. Yeah. Culvert. Good for him. That guy, I would want him to work for me. That guy's just yeah. Like, that's a good hard. point. Yeah. Well, you couldn't you couldn't find a house. There was no houses. Mm. People were just yeah, population four thousand, and you you got to try to house thirty thousand people. That that doesn't work. Yeah, because they built two big gas plants up on the hill. Um, and that was before Chevron and BP. Actually, they ended up leaving here in like two thousand and nine or ten. So it's dwindled since then here, as far as that goes. But. Yeah, it's more in the commercial or like oil sector, but I, and then do you do like, you know, infrastructure as well? So what we do is we do pipelines, compressor stations and like anomaly digs. So we'll do oil and gas, so anything in the oil field and the natural gas field. So uh, like my dad, he got he was real good at civil, civil stuff, like all the concrete and stuff for all the pads, putting up the buildings, doing all that stuff and then anomaly digs. Um, like I said, like during our peak, time i think we own 15 excavators between uh 228 and like three three four i think it was 450 at the time that komatsu had now they've changed it to their 490 but we had like three of those we had like eight or nine 300 360 class machines like we had all sorts of shit you were all over the board with the machine and i noticed you guys are mostly komatsu is komatsu dealer out there obviously kind of the prominent 
yeah and then my dad like it's like that's what my dad started with and yeah. we've just they've been really good to deal with for us so we just stuck with that stuck with them. i oh, give yeah. my cat buddies hey dude i'll tell you what we actually bought our first we've got two komatsus in the fleet now I've got nice. a 51 dozer, we've got a 138, and then we're looking at buying a 210, a PCI. Oh, yeah. we Our dozer's at 51, and I, I love that little thing. Those things push. I'll tell you what. They, they're they better than cats in the dozer sector, I think. I haven't tried the new ones, but I, yeah. I'm impressed with the one that we've got. We call her Susan. She's like a 2001. She's got 9,000 hours on it, and she fucking chugs. Hell, yeah. yeah. Hell, I think ours is like an O. I think ours is like a 07, 08, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe six. Good. Get it before all those emissions. Yeah. And shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Love that. Um, one thing that kind of intrigues me, and if you don't mind me asking, so none of ours have any emissions like on them or no eye machines and none of the cool shit. Hell yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. So if you don't mind me asking here, I one thing that has always kind of struck out to me with you is, you know, knowing you know, I, well, basically assuming on my end that your dad started the company, you know, back in 98, like you said, and then you kind of integrating into working in it, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people that, you know, work within, you know, their parents or families, companies, you know, what is that dynamic like for you? I know you kind of said your dad's a hard ass. I can relate to that. Well, we don't work together, right? So I can only imagine working with them. So I want to, I want to kind of dive into that a little bit. It's challenging, man. It's hard. Yeah. Like this is know, working for my dad is rough. Like I've been fired. I've had to walk off the job site. I've had to have my mom come pick me up because I was in a company vehicle. Like, yeah, it gets pretty brutal some days. <laughs> Damn. Um, I don't know. You yeah. got fired. Yeah, I've been fired, I think, three times, but I was back to work <laughs> the next day each time. <laughs> <laughs> Who fired you? Was it your dad that fired you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was him. Really? No one else would try to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is like, I've always just been a labor. And so, and I've been like the guy that goes and gets the parts all the time. Cause you can't send just somebody to go get stuff and expect to get the right thing. So I've been like doing that. And then obviously now I've moved up to vice president and part owner now. Yeah. yeah and, and I want to take that second there. So, you know, last where we left off here, you know, 220, 240 employees, what year was that? And then what happened, you know, as things started to dry up? Um, so that would have been 11, 12, 13. Cause we had offices in Pennsylvania and here as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. But we had some pretty big projects back there, but it rained so much and rain out days are miserable. You pay for your guys just to sit in a hotel and we lost a ton of money doing that. So, and then, uh, my dad, uh, you know, that was 2013, I think that was when we left Pennsylvania, West Virginia, because we had projects that were on the, the line there. And then we came in. And so, I mean, we've had, you know, different jobs all over. We had a job over here a long time ago. I think it was like an 07 that we had 60 people on one gas plant working. And they were trying to get my dad to like, they were wanting to give us more work. But I was like, dude, I can't even find more people, let, like, let alone, you know, do that stuff. So he's like, we, we can't add more people because... He was, it was tough for my dad for a long time. He says he's a good delegator now, but it was hard for him to delegate stuff before. Yeah. And I think that bit us in the ass on multiple occasions because, you know, he didn't delegate the right people when he did delegate and it just kind of caused some really 
unfortunate events as far as that goes. And then just like a lot of, you know, political things lately, it's slowed down a lot of work, especially in the state of Wyoming. Um, and it's just like, no, like, and I don't get me wrong when I say this, but it's like everyone, their dog owns an excavator now. And it's like, they all try to like bid against you. And like, we've had so many, like my dad, actually, there's a couple guys that, you know, they don't ever bid against us, which I appreciate. But my dad actually helped them start their businesses because they want to do like roustabout and stuff like that. They want to do their own thing. Um, but like, it's just, it's just crazy. So many people, you know, especially in an area this small, when the work starts to get smaller, everyone still thinks, oh, I'm going to go start my own business and it's going to be yeah. super easy. Yeah. You see that in a lot in like today's world with, with, I mean, things have been great, you know, workflow has been awesome and every, you know, money was cheap. So everyone went out and bought machines and now come hard times. It's like, all right, we're going to see who really is a player in this game type thing. And like I said, don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm all for everyone doing their own thing, but sometimes yeah. I think people need to realize the, I don't, I think a lot of people see what owning a business is like. And like, oh, I'm going to make all this freaking money and kill it. But then they don't really realize, okay, I got to have employees. They're going to sue me, you know, vendor issues, getting paid issues, going to file liens on people for not paying me, like things like that. I don't think they see that big picture until like shit hits the fan and they're like, I should have stayed an employee, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of like shit hitting the fan, like back when you were saying in 2013, like with those rain out days and you guys were just like basically just burning cash, like people sitting around. Um, could you feel that? Cause obviously you're quite a bit younger, 10 years younger. Like, could you feel that in the family? Could you feel that personally? Or is that more of just like the emotions from your family and your dad? Uh, yeah, I could feel it. Problem is like my dad, like for us, like this summer, like we did a non oil and gas job and I was running it and I would still have to drive an hour and a half one way. So I was driving three hours total each day. That's like, that's the second closest I've ever worked to really? so Most of the time, like we're in hotels. So it's like when I was not old enough to understand, like my dad wasn't home at night, you know, type of deal. So it was like, kind of like, I didn't get to see it because I, he wasn't around a lot. And when he was my, like, early, like back in the day, like, early 2000s like 2005 to 2009 my dad was a real hard person to be around sometimes he was just you know if it wasn't done correctly it was f off like like he was just and it just i think also goes to being like the stress overload of when you start piling so many different guys and having jobs scattered everywhere you know it just turns out to be like just a mess you know no, absolutely. I, I can feel that just from the logistics and we're just covering the state of North Dakota. I can't even imagine going to Pennsylvania and back to Wyoming covering that territory. That's crazy. Yeah. We've done work in 10 different states so far. What states? Uh, so I know Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, I think Kansas, um, Oregon, I don't know if there's a little bit in Washington there. Not going to quote me on that one. And then trying to think of what ones I'm missing. I did Wyoming, Colorado, Utah. You guys been in North Dakota, haven't you? We did a little bit, but we didn't go up there during the boom. My dad actually refused to go up there because of the housing issue. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Bad. That was a big, big thing. And we have a couple of other buddies that went up there and killed it, but they also like, it was like, they either killed it or they didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, I know when I was in high school and it was going on, there was a lot of people that were going up and they'd come home, you know, they'd work two weeks on, two weeks off and they'd be making 
you know, 120 to 150 grand as high schoolers. And they're like, this is the best fucking thing ever. You know, buying ice castles, buying razors, buying whatever. And then all of a sudden it shuts off and it's like, oh, fuck. You know, I got all this debt. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. Like, you mean I'm I'm not getting paid anymore? Yeah. Uh, no, that's crazy. Um, You said something earlier that kind of caught my attention. So you going into the business, how like when did you kind of like pivot to understanding a lot of the back end stuff like you had talked about? You know, as far as, you know, payroll, just guys, uh, the travel, um, you know, more of the back end of the business ownership that I'm sure, you know, like a lot of employees just do not understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for like me, so my big thing was like, I don't know if it was like animosity towards my dad or just like resentment or like even like people like, oh, you're, t- you're taking over your dad's company. Like when I was younger, I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, so I started a bunch of my own little businesses. And I got my ass handed to me and all these over the time, but that's for, that could be a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> I even went to gym for a little bit. Like I've done, tried to do a bunch of different things. And then once I decided, you know, I'm tired of losing money and having a headache over like getting paid a small amount of money by someone, I'd rather go into the business and deal with the same amount of headache probably, but have a bigger return. And I probably didn't pay any attention to the actual back end and like the real side of things probably till last year to really? be honest but i understood like kind of like the dynamics of things though because i had all my other small like i had employees at the gym and that just like you know i had other deals that i hired people to do things and realized you know people really don't care most of the time especially when it comes to operators that's a whole nother topic oh yeah but like, when it comes to like things it's like people don't it's not there so they don't care you know, no matter how good they are at what they do, they still aren't 99% of the time aren't going to care as much as you do. And I've seen, you know, like, like even I was listening to the thing at Gary Vaynerchuk. It was like a YouTube video they did like a year and a half ago or something. I was listening to it like last month. He's like, he got to the point where he realized the people aren't me. So why do I, why should I expect them to care as much as me? You know, yeah. which really struck home to me. And it's just like, I realized you almost put too much on employees sometimes on certain ends of things and not enough on different things. But it was about a year ago that I really decided like, okay, I'm going to learn this. And I mean, I still got decades of, I mean, I don't even know a quarter of the stuff. My dad's like, as much, sometimes as I want to say he's a dumb bastard. Like he's super smart. You know he's what smart, I mean? Dude, yeah. 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 That's just you being a son. I say that same thing. Yeah. My dad, you fucking asshole, you know, but that's just, that's the family camaraderie. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, when was the transition from when you started to like, when you became vice president, part owner and how, how were those conversations? Yeah. Cause I, I'm putting myself in your shoes and my dad would tell me to fuck right off. Like you weren't there in the hard times, not a chance, all that. So I want to know how that went. Um, so I started being a labor for him legally when I turned 18 and graduated high school. It was in the oil field. You know, it's like you got to be 18 to do any of this stuff. So, um, you know, I was just a labor pretty much. You know, I did all that. I would run like I built like our current website. Now that Luke's going to build us a brand new good one. I built the oh, shit. Oh. I built the shitty one we have now. Um, so like I would do like that type of stuff and I would kind of deal with certain people. Um, but I wasn't like, I was still a laborer. I still got paid the least out of anyone, you know? And so I think I told him like a couple of years ago, I'm like, you know, 
I like expensive shit. Like I like to do expensive stuff. I like to travel. I like to own nice things. Like it's it's hard to do that. Just being an an employee, you know, for the most part. There's a lot of like like I said before on a post on Instagram, sixty percent employees make more more than the actual owners do on certain businesses just because of small business type stuff. But like, it's hard to make a lot of money just being an employee. And then it's also hard to make a lot of money doing the things that I was trying to quote unquote do before. So like, we just talked a little bit and I don't think he would like, he's always been like, I'm never retiring. I'm never, never, you know, never giving up, but he's getting quite a bit older. So he's getting quite a bit older. And I think, uh, I think it was this year. Like, you know, I took him, I, he, I don't know why, but he'd never been to con expo. He won. He's always wanted to go. But he never went, went. So we went this year and I think he just kind of realized, you know, like, you know, he wants to actually do this. And we talked a little bit, but then uh, when we first got word that we might move uh, down to Texas earlier this spring, um, you know, I sat down, I was like, dude, are some of these little jobs that we've been bidding like worth it, like right here? Cause it's really, yeah. it's hard. Like one, there's the employee pool is so hard here. Like I, the guys I just had working for me on this last project, they drove up here from Grand Junction, lived in a hotel. Um, so it's just like, I think, you know, we had the conversation and he's like, you know, well, and then like, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, he sat down, kind of got on my ass. He's like, you know, you need to learn this shit because. I'm not going to, if we go, when we get down to Texas, I'm giving you two years. And after that, I'm gone. And it's like, he's like, you need to learn this shit. I'm like, nothing like putting it right on the shoulders and say, fucking swim, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like stuff like that, you know, and I've always like, I don't know if I consider myself unemployable because I've worked for people, but like, I couldn't be with someone for a long time type of deal unless I got ownership. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you too, is like, do you think, and obviously the goal here is to be your own boss forever, but like, do you think you even could be an employee if you tried? Because like, I find that the more I've been doing this uh, business stuff myself, I find it much, much harder to, uh, to see myself having a boss. Oh, facts for sure. No, I think, you know, certain people, like I got some buddies that I could go work for and I've worked for friends just helping them out when we've been slower and stuff. And I'm, I made new friends last year working for a different company for a little bit when we were slow. But like, to me, it's, I don't think, cause like, again, it goes back to luckily like the people that I've worked with before, it's been smaller groups. But like, if I went and worked with somebody and like two or three guys were abusing equipment or just being shit bags, like, doing half-ass work, that's where I would like kind of, I would snap, you know, I'd probably either get fired from HR or something from another company because it's like, I understand. I know how much a brand new excavator costs. Like it costs more than most people's fucking houses. So take care of it, you know? (laughs) I love the stickers that are in the machines and it said, this piece of equipment pays your salary, take care of it. Yeah. I want to put those in all of our machines. Granted, our guys take pretty good care of you know there's always things that happen but yeah it's it's annoying when you see somebody abusing it and just kind of like fuck it we don't care that that'll that'll get a guy's blood boiling pretty good yeah well i mean i rented a brand new for we because we just did this project and they said there was rock and they couldn't dig through it and so we rented a 490 um and we rented it and like i had to explain to my guys like it was brand new we ran it and they let us have a brand new one which was stupid of them for letting us have a brand new one but they let us have a brand new one i'm like you guys realize this is like 15 grand a month like this is like not cheap so 
take care of it. And if you want to buy it, it's probably going to be right, right around 500 grand after taxes. So yeah. people don't realize that. No, no, they, and goes back to kind of like what you said, why would they, it's not theirs, right? They don't have that ownership stake and that whoever finds like a, like a bridge to gap those two will be the next Bill Gates. I swear to God, if you can figure out how to have your employees have the same outlook as you do, your company will be so fucking successful. Yeah. And I think there's ways to do it, but it's just, again, it goes, you got to like, there's companies that have that, but how many, like if they have 400 employees, how many did they weed through? Like, did they weed through 2000 before they got there type of deal? I think you got to weed through so many of them because like, again, like going back to if they're a good employee, like, and they know their shit, most of the time they're going to have like their own business or go work somewhere else. Like I experienced it. There was another contractor that came in and to do part of this job that we were on. And there was a younger kid there and he was running, you know, and the engineer, I mean, the engineer went to high school again. We were just talking like, yeah, this kid's actually leaving them. Um, he's one of the best guys is actually leaving to go work at this mine. And, you know, kind of like this is goes off on a different subject, but it's like, to me, it's like, why does that kid want to leave to go work at a mine? You're going to somehow hit salary cap. You know what I mean? No offense to the kid. He was, he's younger than me. So I know he didn't go to college. So they're not going to hire him to be any CF, CEO or CFO of that business. But five years from now, he could have took over that small construction company type deal. You know what I mean? And just, it kind of goes in that hand in hand that way. It's just like, you see a lot of guys jumping, taking the easy money first, instead of thinking big picture, like, okay, where, where can I be with this company 20 years from now? But why, uh, Luke, I don't mean to jump in. I think this will actually be perfect for you. Um, sometimes, you know, why not jump if all these companies are just allowing you back because they need employees. Um, and this, brings up a good point. You know, Luke, you can jump in here. Uh, when the company takes a stand and say, yeah, you can leave, but you're probably not coming back. So, I mean, it, is that on the company or is it just like generational of like guys think they can just jump around construction company to company to the mine and, and then know that if they need a job, they can just come back. All right, you dirtbags, we're going to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors, Lambert Insurance Services. If you know Luke and I, you know we started this podcast to provide value to the construction industry. When we went to seek out an insurance company to work with, there's not a whole lot that are specific to the industry. And we really didn't want to work with a generalist agency, so we kind of put that on the back burner. Then we got to meet Sam Lambert. Sam is a fellow dirtbag himself. He's been in the industry for a long time, but he also started his insurance company in 2008, specifically for construction companies. So when we had that conversation, we knew that this would be the perfect match. Uh, so we started working with him and he's been incredible. He leads first. He wants to be a resource first and an insurance agency second. They can help with provide general liability, workers comp, commercial truck insurance, insurance for equipment, and so many more different avenues that he can provide coverage for. The great part about it is, you know, they're licensed in most states and they always quote through multiple companies. So that's how you know you can get a competitive rate. And even better, uh, Sam, he's the owner. He wanted to provide his cell number just so if you have any questions, specifically from the dirt bags, you can always text him, give him a call, 
ask to compare plans or just ask, you know, what his rates would be. And then he can help direct you to the right place or answer your question from there. His number is 385-204-5799. Or you can reach them at their website, which is lambert-ins.com. So reach out to him if you have any insurance questions. We're very excited about this partnership. Uh, Sam is an awesome guy and uh, we're just excited to continue providing value for all you dirtbags. So thank you, Lambert Insurance. Give him a text, shoot him a call, let him know that you're fans of the Dirtbags podcast. Are you tired of tedious manual data collection and costly field studies in your quarry or sand and gravel operations? Let's talk about VantagePoint, the first quarry operation software crafted to meet the high demands of modern data-driven quarrying. Seamlessly connect all of your equipment data and access the crucial information you need instantly. Be the hero of your operation by boosting efficiency, exceeding your productivity goals, and bottom line revenue with VantagePoint. Discover why four of the top six aggregate material producers in the U.S. are using VantagePoint. Visit VantagePointQuarry.com to learn more. Now, let's get back to the episode. I'll be honest, this is really weird that you brought that up, Luke. This happened yesterday to Cole and I. It, so great timing on that. So a guy we've had, he's he's been a site super with us. He's been running projects. And kind of throughout the summer, you know, there's been high stress and there's been a couple blow-ups is what we'll call them to where, you know, they say they're quitting. You know, and our attitude kind of right away towards it was like, well, no, like what can we do to get you to stay? Finally, last night it kind of just hit us and it was, I'm, you know, another blow up. I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm out of here. And Cole and I are both kind of like, okay, like, sounds good. Like there's nothing else that we can do. Best of luck to you. And it's weird. Cause I was last night. Now today he was talking to one of our project managers and he wants to come back after a day. And I don't know, maybe he cooled down, but Cole and I are like, we're not going to take him back. I don't care if we need people. I don't care if we're hiring we will hire somebody else to work into that position. I I think is if somebody makes their stance and makes their case and says, I'm done, you have to let them know because there is so many people that are just, you know, leaving open doors for people to come back in. And what type of culture does that create? I don't think a very good one. Now, I agree because like I went through the same thing this summer. So we've had guys, you know, like the oil field is always kind of like this, you know, it's like boom and bust. And so we've had guys that have worked for us for my dad since we, I just had a guy that was just working for me last week when we finished up this project, he's been working for my dad on and off since 98, you know, so this guy's been working for us forever, but I actually, he says I fired, not this guy, but a different guy this summer. He says I fired him, which I technically didn't. I said, Hey, if you don't like it, you can leave. And he left. So that wasn't a fire, but to me, it's like, and he's worked for us on and off. And, but once that whole ordeal went down, I decided, you know what, fuck this. Like, I know like my dad loves like these guys, but I'm not going to hire the same guys that he does, especially because obviously they're way older than me. So then they like think that I don't know shit. Don't want to listen to me. But it's like, again, I think the only way that you like, I think that's a bad culture thing. Like you're getting at here when you leave the door open all the time for people, because it doesn't really create a value for your business. Right. It's like, well, what's it mean? We just bring people back. There's like a few times, I guess that I would say, um, if someone was a great employee and like, let's say they got like offered a really good 
job position, some not even in the construction field, like someone wanted them to come run something for them, like a manager yeah. position. And they were like, yeah, I'd like to stay home more or whatever. Like, let them try, like say, you know what? It's all for the best. And that's what my dad's always done. Just let people leave if they want it. Like if they said, hey, I got a better job offer here, more money or not traveling. Because not traveling has been a big thing for us with employees because we've traveled so much. But it gets to a point, like how much do you let them come back? And, you know, did they leave on good terms or they leave like me and this guy like, I'm not, he's called me. He called me every week after that, wanting to either come back or go with us when we move to Texas. And it's like, dude, I'm not going to take you because one time me and you get an argument down there and I really need you and you fucking bounce on me. It's like, that leaves me hanging and it messes the rest of my guys up. Correct. Yeah. hundred percent company culture right there. Don't yeah. leave us fucking hanging. Yeah. yeah. Luke, you, you and I just talked about that. I, th I think it was on a podcast, but more so with uh, some subs and because if you can't control it, like if you put your everything you need into somebody else's hands, especially if they don't work for you or work for you, that can be difficult because if they leave you high and dry, I mean, you're kind of screwed because it's your you're name on their it. time. Yeah, you're on their time. It's they don't give a shit. Hey, whatever's convenient for them, if the work is there, but if something better comes up, they'll drop you. And then you're stuck with your dick in your hand and you're like, well, what the fuck do I do? Self-performance, man. I that's that's the key to the industry today, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that I agree. It's just it's kind of sad that it's gotten to that because it's like, you know, like we said, money was cheap, easy to get a hold of. So people were just bouncing around from different jobs and doing different things all the time. And then I think they kind of were trying like to me, I think we overpay some of our guys, like because it's especially like our first hire ons. I think we overpay them. And I would like to create a system. But my dad thinks, well, you got to pay it to get people. It's like, yeah, but I could do the same product. Like we had a hell of a time on this project. This summer. It whooped my ass. But I could have done the same amount of pro like the same skill set of project with half the guys. I ended up firing seven of them before it got over with. Like I could have done it with less guys spending less money because sometimes you don't need the hands, you know, like you yeah. can do. Uh, Mackenzie, I was, yeah, I was just talking today to a good friend of mine. Um, they're on Illinois and they, uh, it's like, they have the most efficient business I've ever seen. It's like a family business and they have, uh, I think triple the amount of equipment per guy. And so they have, uh, five guys now and they do about five or 6 million a year. And I've just been amazed every single year at how efficient they are, but it's because they're so dialed in and it's, two brothers and a dad. And so like they have that chemistry, but I think, you know, to your point, it's like, how can we do more with less and like stretch it out a bit more instead of just, you know, hiring on people because we think we need it. Like, how can we re-engineer this and say like, do we need this many guys? And I think if you do like kind of caveat to that, like if you do say like if you have five guys, but you want to expand, hire yeah. some guys, but make sure you hire the guys that are going to like come in and be under those other five and learn. So that way you yeah. can have two separate crews type of deal or 10 or 20 different, you know, you got to be able to expand. Like, I think even, I don't know. Cause like, I want to do like, I got like big plans, like either a big exit or just keep fucking going type of deal. Like I'm debating, like I debate between what I want to do in the next like 30 years, but uh, like go like looking back at smaller crews, like I'm not saying they're small, but like, like Taylor white, like it seems like he has a pretty legit crew, like from all his videos and podcasts, you know, it seems like his crews kind of like understand it. Like you need to get a group of guys that kind of can just flow without you having to be there all the time. Cause what's the point if, you know, me and Luke have to be at every project, what good does that do us 
when we could go to try to get more work for the guys for next month, you know, next year, keep going. Cause if we have to be there holding our hands all the time, there's no point. Yeah. And I, I want to make one point there too, uh, because what you mentioned is like in the next 30 years, you don't know if you want to sell or just keep going. The great part about that is the plan doesn't change. Um, I always tell people when you're building your business is always build a business as if you were to sell it, even if you have no intention of ever selling it, because what does that mean? It means you have your systems in place. You have operations in place. You have things in place where it doesn't necessarily matter who the person is running it, but that this business is running like a machine. And so then you can keep that machine going with you at the helm and you owning it, or you can sell it at that time and make an exit. But I think what people forget is that if you ever want to sell a business and everything is attached to you, uh, when you leave and you sell, uh, it's worth nothing. It's next to nothing after that. I'd say you're hundred percent nothing because you know, you're not there anymore. You're the, you're the, if you're the face of the company, it's like, there's no value if you're not there. No value. Yeah. 100%. So moving down to Texas, is yeah. that kind of, obviously it sounds like some good opportunities down there that you guys have come across. Um, is it kind of like a reset for you in the way of like employees and like how to kind of run the business? Or are you going to do a lot of the same things? Um, in a way it'll be a reset in a way it won't. Um, this, the type of work that we'll be doing, it's, you know, pipe welding stuff that we've done for a long time and going back, we're bringing a bunch of older guys that have worked for us, but it's like, these guys are like wanting to move. Like they're really good workers. They're welders. They know what they're doing. Um, it's kind of a reset that way. It's just a reset, like all around. Like it's like, to me, I don't enjoy, you know, like me and Luke in the middle here, we talked about it this April, I said, I need to get the hell out of where there's snow because there's no money in snow and move around here. And I hate the shit. I used to love it. Yeah, he, uh, he called me. It was it was so funny because I hadn't, I hadn't talked to him in you know, probably in months. I, yeah. And he was in a loader and he he calls me. He's like, dude, we got it. We got to do something like we got to start working together. And I was like, what are you up to right now? He's like, I'm pushing snow and I'm next winter. I'm not going to push snow. So we got to figure yeah. something out. Hell it, yeah. Dude, was, you sucks. could you could Sorry, hear the Jared, you could sucks. hear the break yeah you could hear the break in his voice just like I am not doing this anymore. You're probably on like hour fifteen and you're like fuck me. Yeah, yeah. snow it sucks. Sucks ass. Like yeah, and that's all we uh we got three and a half feet of snow on April third in one snowstorm. Oh, that's when I talk. That's when I call Luke. I'm like, dude, screw this. Like kids were on spring break and it just fucking dumped up here. I'm what like, were you digging out with excavators? <laughs> no, I was my buddy had to get into a shop and they couldn't get into it with the regular plow truck. It snowed so much. So I was oh, trying to dig his way out into a shop. Uh, like, bad man. Like I got I was over it. And yeah, so, there gets to a point. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. So no, it'll be like a big reset period. Like get out of the snow. I want to have a 12 month work. You know, because like even when you guys did the podcast with Devin, like he talked about, like there's there is companies that kill it moving snow, but that's kind of like it's almost their bread and butter. Yeah. Even like like you look at a lot of lawn care service companies, they do great snow removal because they've only it's like they are set up for seasonal work. Yeah. Um, for like us, like we're not set up that way because we want to continue to either doing anomaly digs, doing pipelines, compressor stations the whole time, and it's hard. 
and like like Devin said, it's like you, even if you are plowing snow, most of the time you're just losing money. Essentially, keeping keeping your trying to keep your good employees busy. You know, your equipment's freaking breaking because you're hard on the ice and snow and shit. And so, like just like that, it's like I want to have a full twelve month working season, and I want to live there. Like we could obviously yeah. go get work other places, but we still live here. You know, like I want to go live somewhere else, and you know. I've, I love Wyoming, but I've just had enough of it. Like I don't do anything here anymore. Like I don't hang out with people. Like I'm a hermit. Like I need to go have some social life. My social life is freaking gonzo. Dude, and what's funny. Austin, go ahead. I was going to say Austin, Texas, like you talk about reset and going living somewhere. Um, I mean, you just look at like the applicant pool. I know we've been talking about employees a lot, like going from Evanston, Wyoming to Austin, Texas. I mean, it's, it is crazy. Like the boom we've seen, you know, obviously Devin Boudreaux, he went to Dallas um, from Edmonton and nothing about it is easy, but uh, there's no doubt that like, you know, having the 12 months where you can like focus on that. It's like when you focus on a sport all year round, uh, you can't really do that up in Minnesota, but you know, when you're down in Arizona, like you can do something all year round. So dude, I'm just like, so excited for you to have a bit of that like revitalization as well. And then, you know, just do things a bit differently and just kind of take it up, take it up a notch really. Yeah. There's, so there's, uh, I'll let you go next Luke, but there's more people that live in Austin, Texas. This is not like surrounding, you know, like Cedar park. This is like legit Austin. There's more people that live in Austin than the entire state of Wyoming. Damn. <laughs> so like that can pull is nuts. You know, it's going to be a culture shock, but it'll be super cool. Riley and I, and this is kind of just a stupid fact, but Riley and I, when we were, when we were dating, this is back in 20, 2019, we were, I had a little house that I lived in. We were sitting on my bed and I kind of looked at her and I'm like, let's move to Texas. And I swear to God, like we were so close to moving. We had a house picked out. We were like, yep, here's when we're going to move. Boom. We got pregnant. We never ended up moving, but we still talk about that today. We're like, how fun would it have been? We would have moved to Fort Worth is where we were looking wow yeah but obviously never happened but yeah fun fact texas place i guess <laughs> oh, yeah dude I, texas is a blast i've been to texas a couple times um and it's just a fun atmosphere you know it's it's not like anything in the midwest you know on the western side of the state or you know wherever it's just like a whole different area that you you get to relearn yeah which is fun that's what I'm talking about. Just like building new like business relationships, new friend relationships, like getting to do more things, enjoy nice weather more than two months out of the year. Yeah, dude. And what you'll notice too. So Olivia and I, uh, my wife and I, we lived in Omaha, Nebraska for a few years. And, you know, it's, it's really only like not, it's about six hour drive from our hometown of Detroit Lakes. And like nobody really visited, visited us because, you know, we just thought it's like far drive, whatever. Uh, we moved down to Arizona, like another halfway down the country, like people visit us all the time. And I realize it's just because like they, they're already here. They want to be here. They want a vacation here. Same thing with Austin. Like you're going to find that so many people are just going to hit you up because they're like, Oh, I'm in town for a bachelor party or, Oh, my uncle's getting married. You want to grab dinner? And it's like, it's so fun being in a place that, uh, is like a hub, especially Austin. I mean, it's, I can't believe there's more people than the entire state, but that's, uh, that's gonna be a blast yeah i'm i'm stoked for it <laughs> you have any fears 
Nah, dude, I've decided like, just, I don't really fear too much of anything anymore. Like I've gotten freaking my dick kicked in enough on different things in life. Like it's just like, you know, there's a point, like if you, I fear like not trying things more now than anything. Cause I, there's things that I wish I would have done four years ago uh, and regret not doing them. You know what I mean? Like when it was like more, like, I guess I was more like younger, even though I'm still like young, like I could have went and done like different things, like explored more things. Um, but I like, I'm all for like trying it. Plus again, like, let's just like, I go, we go, I go down there and five years from now I say F this, I'm out of doing this. I can get a job better down there than I could up here. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, just, and I could do something completely different than oil and gas construction. You know what I mean? I could learn a whole different skill doing something completely different. You know what I mean? Like I look at like the worst case scenarios that way. It's like, well, I stay here for five years and say, F it. I'm going to have to move to even find a job to make half is what I'd want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, definitely. I could see if it doesn't work out, which I know it probably will, but if it doesn't work out, I could see it being the new Jim Shockey. <laughs> I see. I tried to go down the hunting industry road. I'll never go back. Really? Yeah, that's what my all my other businesses were. They didn't work out. I'd rather just, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna enjoy the hunts instead of trying to do them yourself type thing. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I got to where I didn't enjoy them as much. Like in Wyoming, I can buy over the tag deer and elk, and I didn't even buy tags this year because I just you're just like I'm kind of over it. I had a buddy that's going out tomorrow, and since I don't got any projects, he's like, "Come with me and my kids." I'm like, "Nah." And I have another buddy going out this weekend. He's like, "Dude, are you coming?" I'm like, "Nah." Like, nah. It just like. Yeah. I want to go back to enjoying it. Yeah. And I think taking a few, like a year or so off and then just weighing back into it. But I, I love it so much. Like I used to love it more. Like I still love like going, I love traveling places, but not so much doing it like right here anymore. Yeah. What's like your favorite game animal to hunt? Yeah. Like Cape Buffalo in Africa. That's my really favorite. You're really overseas. I don't think I can do that. I've heard way too many horror stories of lions in your fucking hut. And I'm like, I'm out on that one. Yeah. I love it. I've been, yeah, I've been, I've done, I, I've been around some sketchy stuff, but like, I just love, I love going over there because it's just like, I love like learning like different things, like seeing different cultures and stuff and like experiencing new things. I just find it really cool that you can go to like, you know, like, cause I've been, I've been to Pakistan. Like I loved it there. Like, I just like going to different places, but I like to see the people that you employ by going over there because like $30 us to them is like more than they'll make at any other job. Like you make a, such a big difference on a lot of those people's lives, which is super cool. And you just get to learn so much of like, it makes you do realize how good, even though how effed up the system is right now in the U S it makes you realize how good we still have it at the moment. And so, like, yeah, I love that stuff, but Hell yeah. and it's a lot easier to fly out of Texas anywhere international that is freaking Evanston, Wyoming. <laughs> that is true. It is the hub. That is true. Good point there. Um, one, one more question that I've got kind of on the top of my head that intrigues me. So with the move, right, kind of like we were talking with the reset, hiring prerequisites, are you guys attacking anything differently? Like, are you, like you mentioned, you think you pay some of the guys too much. I think I paid guys way too much sometimes. Right. But it like, what are you going to do different? You know, what are, what are, what's kind of your plan? So for me, I would like, and if there is any young dudes around Austin or anyone that wants to move around Austin. And like I said, we're not going to just like long-term, this isn't just going to be staying in Austin doing work. Like this is just a start. Mm -hmm. Like 
But like, if there's any, like, I would like to find, especially like at the beginning, I'd like to find like three younger dudes, you know, they can even be a, like a couple years older than me, you know, cause it's harder to like, I consider younger guys, like our age, like all between us here and even like, you know, younger, fresh out of high school. But I'd like to find like three younger guys that are just wanting to freaking work, like grind it out and then like build something extremely freaking giant. Yep. And, you know, later on have big exits for everyone involved type of deal. Like I would like to do that. And it just kind of, you know, I want to build like, even if there's, cause I know people have different settings in life. Like if there's guys that are married with kids that say, Hey, I don't, you know, I don't need to make hundreds of millions, you know, like they want to just, some people want to be, have the comfort and like, they don't want to work a ton. They'll want to just, you know, they want to have weekends home with their kids, do stuff. Like I want to find people and match what they want in life. Like I want to help people get what they want out of life as far as it goes. But I'd love to have like three younger dudes that just want to freaking kick ass for a few Lost years. Ass, take them in the teeth and get shit yeah. done. But I want to get guys, you know, that are just like, you can, re- I want to get guys that you can rely on. You know I mean? That's the thing. Like, no matter what, no matter what stage they are in life, what they want to make, what they want to do, I want to get guys that you can rely on. And, you know, like if, especially like truck drivers and stuff like that, because around here, it's a freaking pain in the ass to find a freaking truck driver. Oh yeah. Like, I think it is everywhere. Oh, it's Which, I mean, I get it. It's a tough field. You sit in a truck all day, right? It's health and wellness is a huge thing in today's society. And yeah what's the appeal to being a truck driver? There really isn't one, you know, there's, it's definitely a skill that not a lot of people have anymore. You know, there's people that don't even know how to drive manuals. So yeah. it, it's crazy, but yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, yeah, it's hard everywhere. Yeah. So, and like, it goes like that. Like, I just want to have people that are like, I want to build a team of people that enjoy showing up to work, you know, and build like a good culture around it. So as far as hiring goes, man, I'll take anyone really. Like I'm always up because there's like, you can give people a chance. Like I'm all for giving people a chance, you know, because some people might not know anything, but they might have the drive to say, okay, you know, they might have a vision board that they want to own a house, like in the mountains or want to just do certain things and they'll work their ass off to have that. Or there could be a kid saying, well, one day I want to be, you know, running projects or I want to be an operator. I want to do this. You know, if you bring younger dudes on or people like that, that have a vision, like that's what I want, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree. What are you doing to like find those people? My internet, I guess. Oh, did we freeze up? Um, so Luke in the middle here, he's going to build. Oh, did you freeze up again? No, we got you now. Okay. Okay, cool. I was gonna say Luke in the middle here. He's gonna build me like for all you young bucks listening. You can hit me up on Instagram right now if you're interested in just talk, talking. But Luke's gonna build us a nice page where you can get on there, submit all your information, and then we can hire you that way. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, just like you know, showcasing what you guys do, but also just that home base for any time they can apply. Even if you're not hiring, you are hiring, and I think that's always good to have too because some people they get you know caught up where they're okay. Now I need to hire like yesterday and they, they put out the post, but it's like always collecting those applications because uh, Luke, I know some of your best hires have been people. They're like, Hey Luke, are you hiring? And you're like, what, do you, what can you do? And you, you're, you're kind of always keeping your eyes peeled for like that talent. And so um, yeah, dude, I mean, we're, we're stoked for you and just to see 
the progression of it as well. And I mean, why not like give it a go, give it a crack. And especially like just something new, not only just for the business, but for yourself as well. Uh, it just, it gets me fired up. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Very cool. Yeah. There's a lot of hardworking guys out there, right? It's just, you got to find them. And you know, like your dad says, you got to treat them, right? Obviously they got to earn their keep first before they, before they get anything, but they're, they're out there. And I know in the upcoming years, I think there's going to be a pretty good reset with a lot of people's mentalities in the workplace, especially in the construction workspace. Yeah, I agree. I think there'll be a, a time where like there's guys that are actually fighting for jobs instead yep. of hoping that jobs come to them. Cause I see a lot of like, I'll get some hate for this, but like welders, especially like they all think that they walk on the moon and like, yeah, and, and operators. Like, I think there'll come a time where a lot of them are like, going to show up to show their worth you know yeah and not not give you the lip service they're going to say hey i want the job if i've got to get paid 15 dollars an hour to show you what i'm worth let's do it i can't wait for those days personally yeah me too yeah. me too yeah instead not, of not because it's a low wage but it's just like hey this guy wants to be here this guy wants to show me instead of telling me that he can do this stuff right automatically when I think somebody starts bragging about themselves and telling me what they, they can do, I automatically am like, okay, none of that is true. Yep. None of it is true. I, you know, there might be some smidge of truth to it, but I just do not believe them anymore. I've had too much of it to where I'm like, I do, I don't believe it until I see it, which is maybe a bad way to be, but I don't know. Uh, it's, it's not like, a, like I've had like this summer, I asked kids, Hey, do you know how to run a loader? Oh yeah. I know how to run a loader. And I even had guys that weren't even kids. They were like in their thirties. I'm like, you know how to run a loader? Oh yeah. They get in and they can't even figure out how to freaking switch the bucket and the forks around. It's like, dude, you have never been in one of these. Have you? You've no. never been in a loader. You probably moved it across the parking lot and you think you know how to, you, you think you know how to run a loader. No. Yeah. Don't yeah. no bullshit. Me. I can find out pretty quick what you don't know how to do. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And from the, you know, last point here, you know, from the employee side, um, you know, I I've done this before. I've seen it before it works. You know, if you really want to go work somewhere, tell them, okay, give me three months at this pay, you know, like a lower pay, I will show you. And when you lay out that plan of like, is it unrealistic to say that if I do these things, I could get to this mark, which I feel more comfortable with. And if you show that, I mean, I know both of you guys would say, let's, you know, let's do it. Let's give it a go. And, uh, and you'd be happy to pay them because if they stay, you know, good on their word and they're confident in it, um, and they make it happen, I mean, they're worth that and more. 100%. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Good point, Luke. Good point. Well, Mackenzie, thank you brother for your time. I mean, it's cool to see kind of, you know, your story and like understand it a little bit better. Like I said, I followed you on Instagram, so it's fun to kind of dive in and thanks for, you know, thanks for being vulnerable with us and, I know it's not easy to talk about like family and business. And so thank you for opening up and just kind of letting loose with us. We appreciate it. No, thank you guys. I appreciate it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I usually don't like talk about like that stuff, but it was fun. It was easy to talk about with you guys just because it's like, I feel like we're all like in the same kind of age demographic that it's easy to understand how things are. So it was yeah. fun. I, I yeah. know you're not the only one. I bet there's a lot of people that probably listen that are like, hell yeah, I can relate to that too. So yeah. And the, the more we put a filter on what you can and can't say an agenda for the podcast, it's like people listening aren't going to get what they truly are looking for out of it. So yeah, we just, we always lead 
diving in head first and saying like, you know, let's, let's dive in deep. So, and we definitely appreciate that. And I mean, it's real, it's real stuff that's out there. It's not, we're not trying to paint a fake picture here. So, um, that was badass. I think that was a, that was a good podcast, Luke. Hell yeah, man. That was that I would give this one probably one of our best in a long time. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we got to come out and visit you. Um, anyone who's, uh, we got a new website coming out. Uh, I don't know exactly when this is dropping, but, uh, go, uh, go follow him on Instagram, keep your eyes peeled for the website and, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next podcast. Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it.